Okay, Lord, we did not come here to be entertained. We did not come here to, to um, I don't know, just spend some, some, some time. We didn't come here because we had nothing better to do. We came here to hear from you. And we know that you still speak. And we know that you are still leading us. And, uh, and so, Lord, we just invite you. And so right now, lots been going on to this point. Lots needed to be shared to this point. But now we just kind of reset and just ask that you would speak to us. And so all we know to do is open up our hearts, slow down enough to open up our minds just to receive from you. And so, Lord, I know that you can speak through this preacher. I know you can speak via your Holy Spirit throughout this room, and we invite you to do that. Lord, you're faithful to do that. And so, Lord, even as we look through the reading of your word, that you would speak to us. Lord, you, you have something in store for today. And so, Lord, I just ask that you would uh, accomplish your will today. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. All right, I want to open up and quickly share, try, try to be quickly, it's important to the message that I shared quite a bit, but I want to quickly share some things in my own life from, my, from the age of about 15 until 22. And uh, by way of introduction, it's a little bit long of an introduction, but then once we get there, it's going to be, I'm going to hit you pretty fast, so have your pen and paper ready. We're going to put some, get some scriptures ready, because uh, my goal today is to uh, just to remind you that the Lord is speaking, and, and also just to kind of remind us that, um, that there is a, there's a, a way, uh, as the Lord speaks to us, that, that if, we, if we take what we hear and if we process it correctly and if we... Um, we make decisions based on it, uh, it can really change the course of our life. And so today I wanna kinda start out when I was 15 years old. My uh, basketball coach was released when I was 15, so the sophomore season was over and then the basketball coach was released and so therefore there was all these basketball kids that couldn't go to basketball off season. That's what I did, I played basketball, I played basketball off season, I played basketball and then I played basketball off season again and it was just kinda repeat. And then all of a sudden we had no basketball coach, therefore you couldn't do basketball offseason, and so the athletic director threw us all into football offseason. Okay, picture Josh Geary, 120 pounds, six foot two, 3% body fat, 3% body muscle. I mean, like I had nothing. <laughs> and, uh, and so we're all here into, into football offseason, and uh, we did this for for the remainder of the year until they hired a coach for the next year. And so while I was in there though, as we were working out with them, we were doing mat drills, we were doing all these very football-y things, which was not really good for Josh in my basketball frame and that sort of thing. So we're in there and the coach starts talking about, hey, in several weeks, football spring practices are gonna start. And uh, so I kind of was, for some reason, kind of intrigued by that. And I was like, well, that kind of sounds cool. And so I started asking my friends and they were all like, no. We, no, we are not playing football. We are basketball players. We, we, we're not built for that. We're not going to do that. And so I just kind of dismissed the idea. Well, we just keep working out and doing our thing. And then that fateful day shows up. And we worked out for like 20 minutes. And then the coach just kind of with his booming voice says, all right, guys, out the door, on the field, let's go. And 85% of the room rises up and starts to that door and starts leaving. And in that moment, I can't explain it, but I had this feeling that was just like, ah, I'm kind of intrigued again. I kind, of, I, kind of, I kind of maybe want to do that. And so I turned to the guy next to me, Jeff, who was far greater athlete than I was. And I said, Jeff, maybe we should do it. He was going into his senior year. I was going into my junior year. And I was like, maybe we should. And he was like, no, absolutely not. I'm not going to do that. And so I was just like, okay. So I remember pretty vividly the door had opened. This herd of bodies left. And then the door shut. And my heart was just burning, like pumping, like, I, 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 gotta, I, gotta, I gotta do this, I gotta go. And it, which doesn't really make a lot of sense. It, it didn't really feel like a spiritual moment in that moment. It was just more of like a, like a fear of missing out or a, I don't know, I just had this, this urge, this desire to do this. And so as the door shut and this feeling just, just gripped my heart, I found myself standing up and I ran to the door and I busted up, hit that bar, you know, on those doors, that bar, I mean, remember it felt so loud, it was like clang, and the door flung open, and the bright sun just hit me, and my eyes are dilated, and I'm running across this parking lot, and then across this, into this fence, and across the track, and there I am on the field, and I remember even in that moment, not even really fully knowing how I got there. It was just kind of okay, and there I am, and that's how I started playing high school football. And so then for two years, 
I played football. And I would love to tell you that I broke all the records and I you know, did these amazing things, but I didn't. I was, I was good. I wasn't great. I was just kind of, I played. It was, it was fine. And, it, and, it, and yet, it proved to be a pivotal moment in my life. And it was just a sport. It was just a, I mean, who cares? It was just a puny little decision on a Monday afternoon, just kind of, just playing a sport. Like, who cares, Josh? I mean, that is not going to change anything. And yet, it proved to be a pivotal moment. And I want to tell you some other things that happened afterwards. And the problem I found was with pivotal moments is you never know when they're going to happen. You never know. And so, played two years, graduated high school, that's the end of my playing career. Because again, I told you I wasn't great. I had no scholarship offers. I didn't set any records. I did learn how to win. I did learn how to play with character and how to, how to you know, discipline. And I learned a lot of great things. I had a lot of great coaches. It was, it was a really important part of my, of my growing up. Uh, but I, but, but I did, didn't find wild success, you know, playing football. That said, though, I graduate and I'm gonna to go to TCJC. Now, today we call it TCC, but back in those days, it was Tarrant County Junior College. I'm gonna to go to Tarrant County Junior College, I'm gonna save a lot of money, I'm gonna get my basics, and then we'll figure out what's gonna happen next. Well, in July, before school started, your brother, Anthony, yeah. <laughs> Anthony comes up to me in July, Anthony Reaver, and says, hey, you ought to come to Sagu. They just started a football program. We were a club this last year and I played, and this year will be a club, and then next year it'll be a varsity sport. You ought to come. And I was intrigued, so I went. And I met with the coach, looking back, and I think even in that moment, I realized they were desperate for warm bodies. I get it, I get it. <laughs> I never went around bragging that I played college football because I got it, I understood. And I talked to the coach. He said, there's absolutely a spot for you. I talked to my parents, and there I am in late July registering to go to Sagu. Now, later on, I kind of put things together, and I was like, oh, wow, my parents went to Sagu and met there 25 years ago, and my grandparents went to Sagu 25 years before that, and here I am. Wow, that's kind of interesting that the Lord might. But I was just there to play football. So I went, and for the, and for the next two years, I played football. And you remember how in high school I learned how to win? At Sagu, I learned how to lose. <laughs> We lost to Sol Ross State by 60-something points. We lost to Texas, Hart, uh, Texas Wesleyan University by 60-something points. We lost to Mary Harden Baylor. We lost to, I mean, you name it, we lost to them. We even lost to this, this all-star team from Mexico City. They weren't even a college. They were just a club like us, and we lost to them miserably. But the whole thing, it was just two years. I learned how to lose, but also the Lord was putting people in my path. I was learning things. Um, and, and had some amazing godly men in my life, and I was there on a Bible college campus, and I was taking Bible classes, and it was just, it was just really, uh, really a, kind of a fun time. And, and, it, and it wouldn't have happened if I hadn't have played high school football. Like, there's no way I would have told Anthony, yeah, I haven't played since the eighth grade. Sure, let's go play college football. Like, that would not have happened. And yet, because of the high school thing, which seemed so just random at the moment, because I didn't see it coming, and then that filtered into the next decision to go to Sagu. Now, while I was at Sagu, I met this amazing girl. She's pretty, smart, just all these things that I was looking for in a woman. Her name was Michelle. <laughs> Actually, her middle name was Michelle. It's Amber. It's Amber. She's right here. I married her. I married her. <laughs> so I met Amber while I was there, which again wouldn't have happened if I hadn't played high school football, <laughs> which is, I mean, just, it's just weird how those things happen. And then we finished up our sophomore year, and I told you guys that I learned to lose at Sagu, but that wasn't 100% true. The sophomore year, we won twice. <laughs> so we, we also learned how to win a little bit, but we, we were getting better. Anyway, so after two years, I go off that summer, Amber and I worked at this Christian sports camp that our coach set up for us. It was really a great experience in, in Arkansas. And then about maybe a month in, maybe, maybe, maybe a, week, a few weeks before we were done working, coach shows up to this camp and he tells us that he's been released from his position. A little bit of politics going on at Sagu, can you believe it? And he was being released and, there, and then my whole world just kind of just was just shocked. But I'm not a quitter. 
we went back to Sagu. Amber was actually going off to TWU to get her teaching and bio, uh, biology, all that kind of stuff, degrees. But I was gonna go back to Sagu. So I went back to Sagu, went to two and a half weeks of two days. And on the very last night, after our last practice, we, have, we always have team devotions and kind of meals and that stuff. And we're sitting there at this, at this meeting. The coaches shared, probably sang some songs, somebody, somebody preached. And we're sitting there and I was, I was ready to stand up and say, you know, guys, I know the situation has changed. The new coach was nice. He was a very nice guy, but the system had changed. The, the trajectory had changed. I just wasn't really excited about it, but I'm, again, I'm not a quitter. And I wanted to stand up and say, you know what, guys, I know this isn't what I expected coming into my junior year, but I'm in this with you guys. Like, we're in the trenches together. I'm, I'm not going to quit. We're going to fight through this. We're going to make this work. And I was just about ready to stand up. And it was not an audible voice, but it was pretty clear. And I'll be the first to say, I don't always hear the Lord as sharply as the next guy. But, like, it was pretty clear. Stay seated. Be quiet. And really, in the moment, it really sounded like this. Sit down and shut up. <laughs> and I did. And, there was, and I did. And I went to bed that night, and when I woke up the next morning, it was as clear as anything in my life that it's time to go, it's time to move on. And I was supposed to move on and, uh, and, and get a business degree, go to, go to North Texas, but it was, it was super clear. And, uh, and, it, and it wasn't audible, but it was, it was really clear Then the Lord had spoke. And again, he was directing my life. I'm getting signed up for UNT. Again, I told you the introduction is a little bit long. It's getting, getting signed up for UNT, and my football coach, my previous football coach, calls me and says, hey, I talked to the guys at Tarleton State, and uh, you've, got a, you've got an interview with the coaching staff uh, this next week. I want you to show up. Uh, and there's a door, probably going to be a door there open for you. So I go, and I had a friend that played there who I actually outperformed in high school so I, even though I didn't really feel up to the challenge I was like well maybe he plays there maybe I can do it so I show up to this practice I show up to this interview I met with the coach went to the weight facilities went to the locker rooms did all that kind of stuff and I was just inside this there's this turmoil like I don't know I don't, I don't know what to do I don't know what to do uh, turned out later I found out that the, they also told my coach told their coach that I ran a 4 five forty, which is not true <laughs> I ran like a 47740. <laughs> so it kind of was a little bit misleading, but um, he believed in me. Uh, so I had the meeting and I was just kind of emotionally just really not sure what to do next. And as I'm driving home, I stop for gas. And I get the gas and I go inside and I go to the bathroom and I look over on the wall next to me. And mixed in with all the profanities on the wall was this scripture reference. And it was Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. And I knew that verse from memory. You guys know that verse? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. I had just spent that time driving, asking the Lord to make my path straight. And I looked at that scripture on that wall and that scripture flooded my mind. And in that moment, Tarleton was a no, UNT was a yes. Just clear as day total clarity, total confidence, total peace, and again, the Lord spoke to me in a different way this time, but he, but he again spoke to me. And then, then if you just keep going forward, it, it's just my life is a series of those moments, and yours is too. Uh, after UNT, I got a degree there, and then, I, and then I got a job at UPS, and then in this really strange scenario, I got an interview at FedEx, like right before I started UPS, I got this, and then FedEx became the way I went. And so I went to FedEx and I was working there and I met some amazing men and, and, and uh, they, they taught me leadership and they taught me, uh, I mean, we, just, we had Bible studies on the sword and we prayed with our folks there. I mean, it was just like this, it was my ministry and I was learning how the business could be my ministry. It was just all this God stuff happening and it just, it was very clear. And then all of a sudden, going that path and I left, I left out some details just for sake of time, but it was clear that the Lord was directing my path. And then I get an invitation at a, to an Italian restaurant. Where was the Italian restaurant, Stephen? Italianis? It's not there, yeah. It, it, some re, little restaurant, they had great bread. Oh, and the butter. Yeah, they ate a lot more butter than good bread. So we were sitting there, and Stephen and Elisa asked us, hey, Amber and I were sitting there with them. I want you guys to prayerfully consider 
being our junior high youth pastors. And that could not have been further in left field. Like that could, I mean, okay, we'll prayerfully consider it. And then in the week, in in the next week that came, this really weird thing happened. It wasn't a vision. It wasn't a vision, but it was like an illustration. And it was clear in my mind, and the Lord spoke through it. I had these two glasses, like cups, cups of water. And one cup was the path that I was on, like the, the path for business, and it was full. And this other cup for youth ministry was completely empty. And over that week, and really even like a half a week, they switched. And the, the, the passion and the drive and the, the energy for business drained and for youth ministry went up. Now I'll be the first to tell you, I had no idea how to do youth ministry. I was the assistant to the assistant 11th grade uh, Sunday school teacher at the time. So I did come in with quite the qualifications, but <clears throat> I didn't know what I was doing. I surely didn't want to speak in front of people. I, I hated all that, hated everything about that. Just didn't, I mean, I, f- I almost failed uh, speech class on a couple of occasions in high school and college, but the glass emptied and then filled. And through that, the Lord directed our paths again. And the truth is, the stories could go on and on and on. And it's these little moments, these pivotal moments that kind of get us to where we're going. Joining the football team in high school. At the moment, that did not seem like a spiritual move. And yet, it led me ultimately to Sagu, to meet my wife, to get a biblical foundation in education. And then it led me uh, to, once I left, then, then, then I find myself in, in, in um, looking at a bathroom wall and that led me and then this and that. And it's all these things, it's just really interesting. So today I wanna to talk about pivotal moments. Today I wanna to talk about hearing from the Lord. Today I wanna to talk about making godly decisions and I want you to right from the get-go, don't think this is all spiritual stuff. Like it might be like normal stuff in your life that when the Lord speaks because the Lord absolutely is speaking. Um, I need to also preface this that I'm speaking to believers here Speaking of believers, now you may not be a believer in Christ yet, okay, but this, is a, this, this word is applicable to believers. Uh, as children of God, uh, I'm speaking to believers, and also because you're believers, you have the inner dwelling of the Holy Spirit. And so you can't talk about hearing from God, and you can't talk about making godly decisions and leave that part out. It's important that you recognize from the, from the start that the Holy Spirit dwells within you, okay? Romans 8, 14 says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God, and then 1 John three twenty four says, the one who keeps God's commands lives in him, and he in them, and this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the Spirit that he gave us. Guys, I don't care how you feel. God lives in you if you're a believer. If you're a child of God, God lives in you. And I don't know anybody who lives somewhere and doesn't talk. Did you have a roommate in college? I had this one guy, Nathaniel, he would not shut up. He just would not. He talked, because if you live there, that's your room, that's your place, you're gonna talk. And so if you're the one that's sitting there thinking, well, the God doesn't really speak to me, you're wrong. And I'm gonna tell you today and show you some ways that he does. God is absolutely still speaking. And today, as we list through some ways, some practical ways, some typical ways, you know, historically, these are the ways that he's often spoke. I want you to just be open to the idea, to be reminded, most of us are being reminded of these things, but also be open to the idea that, you know what, maybe, maybe I need to be a little bit more in tune. Maybe I need to be, get, my ears, get my ears open because maybe the Lord's speaking to me because it might be a Monday afternoon football practice, not spiritual. It might be you're sitting in your cubicle, cubicle at work doesn't seem spiritual, but the Lord's about to do something in your life that's going to, when you look back, say, wow, that was a pivotal moment. And you never know when those moments are gonna come. So today, I'm gonna give you a list and we're gonna hit it pretty fast. If you're taking notes, put these scripture references and then consider them again this week and then keep your ears open, keep your eyes open, keep your heart open to the idea that, you know what, not only does the Lord still speak, he desires and he still speaks to me still speaks to you because I think that the Lord is up to something. I think the Lord is up to something and I don't want us to miss what he's up to. So how does he speak? How does he speak? Number one, this is the primary supreme way that he speaks. It's through his word. It's through his word. Your word is a lamp for my feet 
and a light on my path. God speaks through his word. Psalm 119 also says, I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. I'm gonna give you a list, but I need you guys to remember that this is the supreme on the list. This is number one on the list. The Holy Spirit will never lead you contrary to his word. If you're having a bad day at work and you're like, Lord, are you telling me to murder my boss? Is that what you're saying? It's contrary to his word. So no, that's not the, I don't care how much you feel it. I don't care how clear, I don't care the vision that you just saw. It ain't his word because it doesn't, because the Holy Spirit will never lead you contrary to his word, which is why a pastor is leading us through the Bible, through the immersed Bible. When does Chronicles start? Pretty soon, right? Are we close? September. So we're, getting, we're jumping into Chronicles. And then after Chronicles is done, we'll probably do it again because we gotta be in his word. We gotta be in his word. So the primary way that God speaks is through his word. You know what? The Bible there said we delight in his decrees. There are some seasons that I don't delight in reading his word. I just get bored. I get, you know, sidetracked. If you wanna hear from the Lord, if you wanna stay in the, in the will of the Lord, we've got to be in his word. We've got to be in his word. Number two, prayer. Second way that I'm gonna say that today that, that the Lord speaks to us is through prayer. James 1.5 says, but if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. If the, the word of God is primary, prayer is primary part B, part two. I mean, it's like, it's right there with it. And, and through prayer, uh, the Lord uh, reminds us of scriptures, through prayer, the Lord speaks to us, gives us visions, all these other things that we're gonna talk about later, through, through the act of prayer, he does that. And the truth is, and this is a, a surprising thought is, God values time with you. God actually enjoys the prayer process. God enjoys the time with us. And we are so often very destination focused. Like we are so, uh, in youth ministry, it's, this, it's especially this way, but even with adults, what is my destiny? I wanna know my destiny. And God is like, I want you today. I wanna know you today. But I wanna know my destiny. What am I gonna do at the end of my life? I wanna know you today. I wanna spend time with you today. I think the Lord is far more intrigued and, and, and interested in spending time with you today. He's not, I mean, he has a plan for you. And the truth is, one day, let's say that your destiny is to open up 10 orphanages in Africa. Okay, there will be a time one day where your destiny is your current moment. Because destinies are just destinations. That's all they are. Destinies are destinations. And one day you will stand in that moment and and in that moment the Lord will engage with you in that moment. But quit living in that moment. Quit trying to live in that moment. The Lord wants you in this moment to spend time with you in this moment. God is far more concerned with this moment than we are. So prayer is the second way. I gotta go fast. And as long as we're talking about uh, going fast, fasting. It's been a little bit since I fasted. Uh, if you want to supercharge your prayer, fast. Add a, add a fast element to it. The, the times in my, in my past that I fasted, I've noticed that as I starve the flesh, the spirit grows. You know, Galatians 5 talks about there's this war within you. There's the flesh and the spirit. I think Ben and I were talking about this recently. If we starve the flesh, sometimes we sit, we sit around saying, man, I just don't hear the Lord. I don't, I don't know what he's saying. I, I, I don't sense him. Okay, fast. Take a fast. Starve your flesh and allow that spirit to grow. And I'm telling you, five, six, seven, eight, ten days into a fast, and it can be a different type of fast, whatever you and the Lord decide upon, it's amazing how sharp you get. It's amazing how some of the fleshly desires and temptations just get muted and it's like your focus is better. I don't even need a nap in the afternoon. It's like I'm, it's, it's, it's like I'm not tired, it's, just, it's, it's energizing, but it, it helps you to focus. So the first way, I gotta go fast. The first way, God speaks through his word. The second way, he speaks through prayer. Now, as we go through this list, uh, I'm gonna be all over. Some of these things you're gonna be like, oh yeah, 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 I, I know that, I've sensed that. And other times you're like, I never thought of that. And so if you've never thought of these things, begin to look in those directions because the Lord could be speaking to you this whole time and you just hadn't noticed it. Third way that he speaks, and these are not like uh, necessarily in order from here, godly counselors. <laughs> Proverbs 19.20 says, 
<clears throat> Listen to counsel and accept discipline that you may be wise the rest of your days. The Lord is speaking and he speaks through friends, he speaks through pastors, he speaks through uh, family members and fellow church members, even new church members. Even so, which is why you should invite them to lunch, like Miss Becky said. So the Lord is speaking through godly counselors. And that doesn't just mean like professional counselors as like a therapist or something, which he does. I appreciate that gift. I appreciate that people have studied and, and done that. But God just speaks through people. And um, a lot of times these people are people that are just further along in the journey or they've already experienced that thing that you're going through and they can help you. Sometimes you may have a need. Oftentimes I'll say, Pastor, is there someone that you know that has just lost their husband? I mean, I've, I've done, we've done this before. Just lost their husband because so-and-so just lost their husband. Is there someone that we know that maybe lost their husband two or three years ago they could just talk? And what we found is that so-and-so they're like, I would love to talk to her. And they just get to walk them through that process. God speaks through godly counselors. And so remember, being a part of a church, I mean, you are, one of the benefits are you have built in godly counsel. Like there are people that have walked your journey. If you're a new parent, there are some people who are now older parents. If you're newly divorced, there are some people who have been divorced if you, and they've found healing in that process. If you, whatever the process is, he speaks through godly counselors. Has the Lord ever spoken to you in a significant way through a godly counselor, friend, family? Raise your hand. I want you to see it. Yeah, that's encouraging. So if you look around, you see all those hands, maybe, maybe if the Lord did that for them, maybe he would do that for me too. And I would say, absolutely. Why not? Fourth way, God speaks through desires and circumstances. Philippians 2.13 says, for it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. It's good to be reminded sometimes that God is at work in you and he actually does that for his pleasure. Like he actually enjoys that. The Lord enjoys you. He doesn't just tolerate you all the time. He actually likes you. I know God so loved the world, but he doesn't like me. No, he enjoys you. He likes you. He, he, he's working in you and it's for his good pleasure. Psalm 37, four goes on to say, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. You know, so many of the things we pray about, so many of the things we're seeking direction for, it has something to do with a desire in our life. It's possible that the Lord put that desire in your life on purpose for his pleasure. And so it's just good to remember that the Lord works and speaks through desires. Now again, if your desire does not line up with the word of God, it's not the Lord's will. It's not, I mean, like again, going back to the murder thing or any, you know, pick your worst if it doesn't line up with God's word, then it's not a desire of God. But if it is, hmm, you mean maybe my passion for children to teach them and educate them, maybe that's, maybe that's not just a passion of mine. Maybe that's something the Lord has put in my heart. Yeah, that's very possible. Maybe, maybe your passion for business or passion for the widows or for the orphans or whatever. Yes, the Lord could put, so he speaks through desire. So don't underestimate that desire in your heart. It might be from the Lord. He also speaks through circumstances. Often events and circumstances will confirm, as we're walking through life, they'll confirm that um, we might be going in the right direction here. Uh, you know, sometimes pastors often said, like, uh, sometimes the wind is at your back, like there's wind in your sails. It just feels like, man, this is, this is just, this feels like I've got momentum. That could be that the Lord is showing you through your circumstances that, yep, I'm in this. I'm for this. Uh, it's like walking downhill, it's just easier. Doors are opening, people say that all the time. Well, that door shut, that door open, could be the Lord. He could be actually, when that job was offered to you or that position that came available, it might be the Lord. He might be speaking to you that way. Now, does that mean every open door is the Lord? No, you have to kind of mix and match some of these things. Sometimes it's not as clear as like, hey Josh, you're supposed to be at UPS or FedEx. Well, the Bible says only go to FedEx. Well, no, there's no scripture on that. There's not scripture on that. So maybe, maybe godly counsel plays into that or maybe some, some emotions or some feelings or some things we're gonna talk about in a minute, but you have to kind of mix them. But opening and shutting doors, the Lord speaks through that. Uh, things just falling into place. Now, I'm not a big fan of people that just say, well, that was easy, must be the Lord. Sometimes things are easy and it's not the Lord. I, I, you know, I won't go there, but I think you've probably heard people attribute things to God and just because just it was easy. Well, when did God promise it's easy? I mean, sometimes it feels like the winds that are, but sometimes you're going in the right direction. It's hard. That's why circumstances is not the only. It can't be the top of your list. If it was the supreme, 
you know, thing that gives you direction, then I think we would all be messed up. But it's not. It's on the list. It's in there somewhere. Um, and then sometimes just the work that you're doing just seems easy. There's an anointing there. And you're like, you know what? That might be the Lord. Not everybody loves working with children. It's hard. I remember when I was a youth pastor, people would say, how do you do it? This, oh my goodness, you must have the patience of Jesus Christ himself. Well, I do, but that's a fruit of the spirit. But it's not hard. I love these youth. This is great. And they're like, oh my God, we came to church just so we could drop our kids off on you for a couple hours. <laughs> it's like, no, this is great. This is not hard at all because there's an anointing there. There's a, there's a, and then if the anointing lifts, you're like, I know what you were talking about. Now I get it. So there might be an anointing. So God speaks through different desires and different circumstances. All right, let's keep moving. Dreams and visions, the fifth one. Dreams and visions, Acts 2.17 says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy and your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Now, I'll be honest with you, I haven't had a lot of dreams and visions. I haven't had a lot of visions. I guess I'm not old yet, but I haven't had a bunch of them. Now, that whole glass thing, I call it more of an illustration, that was really helpful to me whenever I was trying to decide whether I should be doing youth ministry or staying in the business world. That was super helpful. I don't think it was a vision, but man, it was helpful, and I really believe that 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 came from the Lord. But the Lord does still speak through dreams and visions. He does. And so maybe even, uh, well, let me just ask, has anybody ever had a dream or a vision like from the Lord? Man, that's encouraging. So he's still doing that? Okay, good. I, I, I know I said it, but I wasn't 100% sure. But now I know by what you said and what Acts 2 says, the Lord will, will give those things. Number six. Okay, can, let's, let's review here. The Bible was number one. Speaks to the Bible. Then prayer. What was number three? Yep, yep. Number four? Okay, godly counselors in there, and I think that was number three. Number four, yep, circumstances. Okay, dreams and visions. And number six, and some of you guys are gonna disagree, and you have every right to be wrong. <laughs> you know who said that? <laughs> you know who said that? <laughs> you have every right to be wrong. Number six, emotions. God speaks through emotions. Now, the girls are like, absolutely. <laughs> and the guys are like, I don't know, get behind me, Satan. No, but God speaks <clears throat> through emotions. Sometimes you will have a sense of peace or joy that that's like, that is the extra that you need to recognize that, you know what, I don't usually have peace in a moment like this. I don't usually have joy. This is, unex this is a surprise. God speaks through emotions. Sometimes caution and hesitance. When I was in that, that team devotional and the Lord said, sit down and shut up. I felt caution, I felt hesitance. I didn't understand the moment, but I know that if I stand up and I declare that I'm not quitting, I'm here with you, this is gonna be great, I'm gonna go to the very end, it's gonna be hard to leave the next day. And the Lord knew that I was leaving the next day. I didn't know, I just knew caution. And so I just said, okay, I'll just be quiet. And then the Lord revealed it to me uh, the next morning. So emotions, peace, hesitance, caution, joy, all this. Um, I was actually feeling, uh, angst whenever I was when I, le when I was leaving Sagu I was feeling angst until the Lord gave me confidence now that's interesting I'm at a Bible college and I'm feeling angst about staying I have nothing wrong with Bible colleges like I'm all for that but I had angst while there because the Lord was actually calling me to the University of North Texas I was feeling angst about staying at a Bible college and I was feeling peace and eventually did feel peace rather quickly about going to a secular university. Very interesting. When I was, at, when I was in Boswell, I was at a secular high school and I felt absolute amazing, comforting peace when I went to Sagu. It was just interesting. But the shock of emotions the Lord used that a lot of times because I'll just get so busy and I'll just get my head to the grindstone and just be working it and it's like, I can just do that forever and then the Lord will shock my emotions and make me stop and look around and say, what, what, what's going on here? It may be, maybe you're up to something. Maybe I need to stop doing what I'm doing and look for my next move. The Lord does that for me. So whether it was going from one school to another or one uh, position to another, it's like the Lord uses emotions. And uh, again, I don't think 
it's number one on the list. I mean, I know people who are led by their emotions and it is like primary on their list of hearing from the Lord and I think that is a terrible way to live. I mean, number one, we know that our hearts can be deceiving and can trick us and our emotions, I mean, you can be all over the map emotionally so it can't be one of your primaries but can it be part of the decision-making process? Can the Lord speak through your emotions? I think absolutely. I think absolutely and he has helped me with that so many times. Number seven, past experiences. Again, we're talking about how does the Lord speak and we're talking about taking this voice and taking this knowledge that he gives us and then making biblical, you know, godly decisions in our life and, go, and continuing the past and going the directions. So how does he speak? He also speaks through past experiences. I remember in business school we talked about the hot stove method. You touch that stove, burns your fingers, you pull away immediately, you learn that lesson hot stove, you can learn from your past experience. God can speak through your past experiences. Failures, you know, the last time I disobeyed, that didn't turn out well. That cost me more than I thought it was gonna cost me. But also successes. The last time I obeyed, the last time I trusted, the last time he asked me to give sacrificially, he came through. So he can speak to us and by reminding us of past experiences. He does that all the time. Uh, and it's, again, it's not, just, it's not just negative, it's also positive. You know, you reap what you sow. For so many years, that was a negative statement in my life. You reap what you sow. You're gonna pay for that. You know, you're gonna get it. But it's also you reap what you sow. Plant some good stuff. You're gonna be rewarded for that. It's gonna pay off in the end. So he speaks through past experiences. And if he can speak through our past experiences, number eight, he can speak through other people's past experiences. You don't have to go through it. You don't have to mess it up. You can learn from somebody else. You can watch the faithfulness of someone else and allow that to inspire you and God can actually speak through other people. Now this is a little bit off topic and it's, it's not a perfect example, but have you guys been watching the Olympics? Did anybody watch the skateboarding towards the beginning? Okay. When I was thinking about past experiences, and I was thinking even in youth ministry, how like you watch person after person after person do the same stupid thing, like do the, make the same mistake, and you're like, can we just learn from somebody before? I was watching these skateboarders, and it's like their last big trick, and so I mean, they're going all out. And again, this isn't a perfect example because this is the Olympics, we're trying to you know, push the limits and all that stuff, but it kind of reminded me of life for a second there. Skater number one goes up there and he, he gets at the speed, he jumps up on the rail and he just spills his body out on the concrete. So then what happens? Skater number two comes up and he jumps and then just a total wipeout. And then three and then four and then five. And there was this one part, there was like six or seven straight skaters just, just completely just wiped out. And I'm going, would you guys learn from the guy before you and stop doing that? I mean, this is terrible. This is dangerous. Of course, it's Olympics, so you're, gonna, you're trying to, but life is like that. You see person after person after person just wiping out. We can actually learn from other people's and God speaks to us through that. You see that? You see the faithfulness in that person? That's what I want from you. You see that? See the idiocy of that person? <laughs> I don't want that either. I don't want that. Now the other thing that was funny about the Olympics uh, in that skateboarding chunk, and again, totally off topic, but I thought it was hilarious. Every time, or many times when these guys would crash, did anything unexpected happen? These are world-class athletes. They would fall and their cell phone would come out of their pocket. Did anybody notice that? I thought that was the weirdest, weirdest, and apparently it doesn't matter for skaters, but like, you know, when, in a traditional sport, like you don't see LeBron James like ever like take a hard foul and his cell phone fall out of his, his pocket. You don't even have pockets. Like, I mean, you, you try to not wear all the jewelry, you try to take everything off that's gonna encumber you, you try to streamline everything, and then here we are, these skaters, and they'll do a trick, they'll land and they'll pull out their phone and check the weather. I mean, it's like, what, what are you, or they'll fall and their, their phone spills out. I was like, this is such a different world. But anyway, that's beside the point. You can learn from other people's past experiences. All right, and number nine, this is all encompassing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw a bunch of them out here. There's other ways. You can probably think of some other ways that the Lord has spoke to you in your life, but let me give you a few more. He speaks through our conscience. Uh, Romans 2.15 talks about our conscience and how the Lord can speak through that. Creation, he speaks through creation. Romans 1.20 and Psalm 19.1, the Lord is speaking through creation. He speaks through our conscience, he speaks through our creation. He speaks audibly. 
Now this, is, this may not get any hands, but have you ever heard an audible voice of the Lord? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, maybe a dozen people, maybe 15. Wow, that's never happened to me. That's awesome. He does, why not? He's done it in the past. He can do it again. Is that his primary way? No. No, it's not. His primary way is through the Bible. And I've, I've actually run into people, and I've, I've thought it myself over the years. Man, Lord, I wish you would just speak to me audibly. Make this really clear for me. And then I ran across this scripture at some point, Hebrews 1, 1 through 2. And it goes like this. It gives you a different perspective on this desire for an audible voice. And again, I think the Lord can do this. And he has done it. Obviously, like 15 people in this room have said, I have heard the audible voice. I think that's awesome. But listen to this. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through him, through whom he made the universe. I've actually talked to people who were so hung up on hearing an audible voice of God that it was unhealthy. It's like God is speaking to us in so many ways. You don't need an audible voice. You have his word. But not only that, his word is, represents just a little bit of what his son said. I mean, the Bible says if they had captured all the words and deeds of Christ, it would fill up all the libraries in all the world, right? But we have his word. We have enough. We have enough. We have a sufficient amount for, to know God's character, to know his truths, to lead us to salvation, to live a, 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 a real fulfilling life. We have enough. But think of the absolute arrogance it is to sit around and say, I need a word from the Lord when, the, when God has already sent his son. Is his son not enough? Was this, was this not enough? Was his interjection in throughout history, whether it was Adam and Eve in the, in the garden or through the prophets and then through the judges and then even uh, Christophanous moments where you know, Jesus or God himself would come and speak. Is that not enough? You gotta have an audible word from the Lord? Are you kidding me? No. He's, he's spoken, he's spoken, he speaks clearly and, uh, and, it's, and it's enough. Conscience, creation, audibly, music. I mean, God speaks through music. We've talked oftentimes where one of the, either Pastor Brent or Pastor Dan will talk about how the hymns uh, portray such rich theology. He speaks in those ways. So what's the point today, Josh? The point is God is still speaking. The point is God is with you. You're a child of God. You're his creation. He's with you. He's still involved in this world. God loves you. He's still speaking. We need to hear him, especially in crazy moments like today seems to feel. We need to hear him. We need to hear him so that he can lead us. He is our shepherd after all, and we need to make godly decisions. And I just want to remind you by just telling you some of my past that some of the, when we hear the Lord and when he's directing us, some of these little, these pivotal moments are, are they're so little. They seem so little in the grand scheme of that. Like Josh, you going out as a sophomore to play high school football hardly moves the radar. I mean, it hardly moves the scale. It's like, who cares? And yet, when you look back, you say, okay, because I heard the Lord there, and he led me in that direction. It allowed this and that and the other, and, it, and, and our lives begin to unfold. And I said earlier that it was a problem that you never know when the pivotal moment's going to happen. You remember me saying that? It's a problem, but really it's actually reassuring. It's actually reassuring to know that God is capable to lead us at any moment, even in the smallest of things. It's not a problem. It's reassuring that God is gonna get you to your destination, even if he, especially when he uses these little things along the way. We're his kids. He is faithful. And along the way, honestly, you have no idea what he's up to. You have no idea that running through that door to join the football team as a sophomore is going to lead you to your spouse. It's going to allow you to have four great kids. It's going to lead you to this university and then to this place and this place and then a position and a ministry. You have no idea what he's up to, but he's up to something. And he can use those little somethings along the way, and he does. So you can take a big sigh of relief and just relax. Oh, well, okay, we're way over time. All right, can we stop it there? I've got another page and a half, but that would take too much time. <clears throat> All right, so 
So let's pray. I was gonna give you two quick illustrations, but I can't do anything quick. <laughs> so we'll, 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 um, we'll stop. Yeah, I'm gonna go. <clears throat> yeah, I'm gonna go. <clears throat> yeah, and, it, and so. <laughs> Thank you guys. Seriously though, if you're late for a party, you can, you can slip out, I won't be offended. It's gonna change the course of your life, but you know. <clears throat> All right, two last things, two little illustrations, two tips that have been incredibly helpful to me along the way. One I learned from my father, and I call it the 85% rule. A few of you have heard me talk about this before. My dad is an artist. When I was taking art my senior year, uh, because you have to have one art credit, and I'm a senior, and they won't let you graduate without it, which also means that I was not very good at art. So I'm taking my art, and I'm working on this painting, and my dad's helping me, and he taught me that when the painting is 85% done, cut it loose. Because an artist can work the rest of their life on that one painting, and they'll never be done. There's like this insatiable <laughs> desire to continue to paint and repaint and repaint, and you're never, never done. Now, might it be 80% in your life, maybe 90%, yeah, but for me, 85% rule. So I learned this rule and, what it, and I've, been, I've used it outside of art in just real world. When I'm about 85% sure that the Lord is in this, that I'm hearing from the Lord, I do it. Now, you're more godly than me. You probably live in the world where you know that you know that you know and you're 100% sure all the time, but I don't live in that world. I'm hardly ever 100% sure. I know whenever it's really clear, like do I murder my boss? I'm 100% sure there, I'm not supposed to do that. But, no offense. <laughs> <clears throat> but in most of my life, making big decisions, 85%, I'm okay with that, and I go. And if I'm wrong, I trust that the Lord can redirect me and correct me, but so many times it gets me moving, gets me going, and I don't just, just spiral and just stay in this spot of inaction forever and ever and ever, so that's a really big helpful thing. The second thing that's really helped me, and I learned this one in college, my college, uh, maybe late high school college, and this is actually from Stephen Evans, I mentioned him a lot today, but he was my, one of my youth pastors and college pastor, and so there's a lot that you're, you learn in those times and you take them away, and the other thing was get the ball rolling. Stephen would often, often tell us, get the ball rolling. And so let me just give you my, uh, my education kind of world here. Uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I certainly didn't know I was gonna be a pastor, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. So all I need to do is get the ball rolling. Okay, I need to take my SATs, I need to uh, you know, graduate high school so I can go to college, I'll sign up for TCJC, I'll just get the ball rolling and I'll start rolling in that general direction, trusting 85% sure this is the right direction, and then the Lord will come along and tap me as needed. Now, just like this podium, if you're not rolling, the Lord can come over and slap you and you might move a quarter of an inch. But if you're rolling like a ball and you're rolling towards this back exit and he taps you, you could just change five degrees and you would end up in a totally different place. And the truth is, you don't get one shot at it. The Lord, you can be going this way and I'm going and here I am at TCJC and now I'm going to Sagu. And then I just keep on doing it, I take my basics, I didn't even know what I wanted to study. I did general education. How exciting is that when you go home, you see your friends, what are you studying, Josh? Pre-med, law, general studies. <laughs> but that ball's rolling. <laughs> and then the Lord taps it again. And then I go off to UNT, going towards UNT. What do I want to study? Business. They don't have a business degree. You got to specify. So I took business basics for the whole first year. And then... The Lord tapped me again, and that turned into entrepreneurship and strategic management. And he taps me again, and all through life, 85% sure, I'm just going to make the decision. Get that ball rolling, and the Lord can tap me. And really what that is, is it's, it's not an anticlimactic, anti-spiritual thing. It's actually a very spiritual concept. It's, I'm going to move in the direction that I think the Lord is calling me, the best of my knowledge, and I'm going to trust along the way that he can redirect and he can retap. Some of y'all need to get off your rear and move towards that thing that the Lord is calling you to do. I don't know what it's going to look like 12 months from now, but I know that if you start moving that direction, I think he'll be more inclined to give you a shove. And if you don't, how many times is the Lord going to tap you 
and you not move before he just says, you know what, I'm out. I'll let them start rolling and then I'll come over and give you a little nudge. Does that make sense? 85% rule, get the ball rolling. All right, now we can pray. Thanks for sticking with me for those extra six minutes. All right, on your feet, on your feet. Brent, however you want to close this. Okay, I'm just getting you up because I got to wake you up. All right, let's pray. Lord, I think it's safe to say that we would all like to hear from you. We've reviewed some ways that you speak to us. Uh, We're going to walk out of here uh, with an open mind, an open heart, and a desire to hear from you. Lord, None of us really feel all that special. Let's just be honest. We don't feel like we're standouts. We just want our life to matter. We just want to accomplish something so that we get to the end of this road that we don't look back and say, man, I wasted the opportunity. None of us feel all that special, and yet we know that you use folks like us. And so, Lord, today, as we're reminded that you speak and how you speak, may we capture those ideas, and may we look and, and listen for what you might be calling. It's my gut feeling that you desire to do some new things in us. It's my gut feeling that in these crazy days that we live in, that you're speaking and you're desiring us as individuals and us as a church to move and to accomplish and to push forward into some areas. And so Lord, we just wanna hear you. So first of all, we just say, Lord, thank you that you still speak. Thank you that you even care. Thank you that you're interested in us. And now, Lord, may we just say in our own hearts individually, because I don't think it's a collective decision here, in our own hearts, Lord, we would say yes or no. We would say yes or no. Yes, Lord, I want to hear you. And I want to make decisions that will lead me in a direction towards whatever you have for me. And I even recognize in the moment that it's not even about the destination 25 years from now. You're enjoying the process. But Lord, truth is we don't want to miss it and so Lord thank you that you're speaking and now Lord I pray that you'd speak to each of us I pray that you'd speak to everybody here with an ear that's open because you have something that you want to accomplish you are up to something in this city in this world and you got to use somebody you might as well use us and so Lord would you give us moments this week pivotal moments at work and at school at our house that we would look back many years from now and say whoa I had no idea that you were up to that in that moment and so Lord with that in mind we say yes I say yes I ask your blessing your leading to continue we need you pray your blessing upon these folks in Jesus name amen Amen.